I have a producer, Lou, who is going to listen to everything Wait, we did today. No, he's right not now. here right now. Okay. <laughs> but he, you keep, like talking a little Right, but he's he listens <laughs> yeah, he listens to all these recordings. Okay. So it's like, I know it's funny. Uh, uh I, I've just grown so used to it, but like I know he's going to be listening to these recordings. So it's like I am talking to him, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anywho, and I know he gets a kick out of this stuff too. Love you, Lou. All right. Um, Lou doesn't exist. I'm just schizophrenic. <laughs> Lou, cut that in somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's fucking funny. This this podcast doesn't. I'm not even putting these podcasts out there, dude. I just lost my fucking mind. Oh, That's god hilarious. damn it. Okay. All right. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Good Enough with Stefano Sanzo. I'm your host, Stefano Sanzo, and you're listening, which makes you a listener. And what do I call my listeners? I call you the good few, the, the fucking people that I give a shit about. I mean, really, the, to listen to this thing, it must mean you're really on my side, which is why you're the good few. And one day, I hope, hope the good few will be the good many as we grow, as we grow this thing together. I hope you're sharing. Share with your friends, please. Having a lot of fun with this. Still trying to book that big guest that I still haven't told you guys who it is because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but... We're talking. It's just a hard man to get a hold of. Local celebrity. We will, we will shed more light on that as it comes through. But anyhow, uh, cool stuff been happening. I've done, what is it, three comedy shows now since the world ended. And uh, they've been interesting. Uh, so I put together that center stage show at the theater that I do community theater at and now do comedy shows. Um, hopefully it wasn't the last one. It went well. However, there was a girls lacrosse game happening behind us. And that's just 2020 for you, man. Just getting thrown curveballs left and right. But it was so damn fun to get on stage and do comedy, especially host comedy. Hosting comedy is the thing that I love to do. Hosting, I, I told you guys before, hosting is my favorite thing to do in entertainment out of all the things that I've tried. And it's the thing that I'd love to be able to do professionally one day. So it was a real joy to be able to host in front of an audience, in front of some family, some friends. Um, it was a really good time. And then tonight, actually, uh, right before I recorded this podcast, I was in uh, Norwalk, South Norwalk. with uh, I was on a show with... Uh, Dan Calwhite, Bo McDowell, Gus Constant. God damn, the Greek guy. He's from New York. He's really good. More famous than anyone that was on the show, and I don't remember his fucking name. Sorry, but he's a really cool, dude. Um, Cody Marino, past guest. But yeah, so uh, uh, shout out to all you guys at uh, our our house is the name of the venue. I really appreciate you. Appreciate the stand, uh, the time, shaking more of this dust off, trying to figure out how to do comedy again. It's getting there. Again, there we're doing. I'm able to do jokes. I'm making some people laugh again. It's funny. Some jokes that used to hit before COVID don't hit anymore because people changed in the past four months. People changed four years. Literally, the sensibilities, just everything. They've it, so many things have changed so rapidly in such a short amount of time, which is making it interesting. Um, it's gonna cause all of us to. I mean, just in in the comedy sense, we're just gonna have to really take a second look at a, at the things we were saying on stage. Because people just react differently now. So that's uh, that's a new challenge that'll be fun to deal with. But other than that, it was really fun. Got some decent laughs. Bombed a couple of jokes. And you need to get those bombs out of the way. You need to get those bombs out of the way. Otherwise, uh, you're, you're never going to get good again. I'm not sure if I was ever good. I mean, shit, I'm not famous. So how... How could I ever say I was good? But I was more, I was used to, I was way more comfortable with my comedy before COVID. But I hope you guys are starting to get back to some stuff, getting out there, 
hitting uh you know an outdoor bar or something like that keeping socially distant um i think if i'm gonna have a platform i i have to say wear a mask i really do um wear a mask here all right here, here's something try this out okay let's just say you're one of those anti-mask assholes let's just say you're one of them okay fine whatever i don't know why you are that but i mean literally it's it's not even a left or right thing anymore. Like the president wears one, uh, like everybody is wearing them in the situations that they're supposed to be wearing them. But just try this on for size. Even if you don't believe in the virus, which is, do I want to say this word? Yeah, I do. Retarded. Um, even if you don't believe in the virus, right? You know, there are people who do. Okay. Just wear the thing to the comfort level of people around you. Just, just ask people if they want you to wear a mask or if it's a store just wear a fucking mask please listen nobody on earth hates wearing a mask more than i do that's why i wear a mask because i'm looking toward a day where i don't have to wear the fucking thing anymore do you get it it's like an investment do you understand you have you do a shitty thing right now so you don't have to do a shitty thing in the future understand it's either pain now or pain later off like a fucking band-aid wear the mask let's deal with this fucking virus as soon as we can so i could get back to blacking out in bars which is all i want to do right now because I, I can't i can't because i if you black out a bar now you're gonna catch covid because you're gonna you're gonna get off your game right you got to stay vigilant out there anyhow love you guys thank you so much for listening as always so guest guest is a friend it was a bit of a spur of the moment thing. Well, not really. I, I just, I had the idea. I, I, I had considered it for a while. My big thing is I never, I, I almost never book people who ask me to be on the podcast. So a lot of friends will never be on this podcast because a lot of friends have asked to be on it. My friend Alex, Alex DeFranzo, he, uh, he, he's an artist. He was a magician at some point. He's now a tattoo artist. He's a painter. And... I really love this conversation. You know, he's very nervous about talking on mic, but I know that he's a great speaker and we were able to get the same kind of conversations that we have together on the mics, which is everything I really want out of a podcast. It was really good. If if you're looking to get a tattoo, this is a good episode to listen to. If you're an artist and need this perspective in general, it's just a really cool conversation that that we just got into uh, a, a cool perspective on life. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. So without further ado, I'm going to let you get to it. Every single episode, I forget what episode we're on and I stall in between. It is episode 38 with Alex DeFranzo. I love you guys to death. I will see you when I see you. And please be safe. Wear a mask. Bye. Love you. Couldn't afford the rights to any song. We're not the best, but we're good enough. Let's start the podcast now. It's good enough. Do you have any kind of a first line? It doesn't have to be anything special. I'll take it from there. And don't tell me, dude. Like, what's a good first line? What is a good first line? When I hear first line, my brain goes straight to. That's where we're fucking starting. <laughs> nice. Holy shit. Yeah, you're supposed to. That's come, pretty good first come, line. Yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to fucking come on the show with a first line, and Alex's dumb, dumb schemer ass brain. <laughs> I'm 
comes to blowing fucking fat rails. <laughs> My guest, why don't you say who the hell you are, buddy? Alex DeFranzo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy. How you fucking been? Talk to us. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> why? Why is it that your mind jumps to that rather than <laughs> like? I have never once considered, never once considered someone to bring that up. However, one of my past guests, uh, uh, he still has the best line of all time. Uh, comedian Jackson goes, "White women and cocaine," which was, <laughs> which was I was a big fan of as a starting line, but. Yeah, seemed like a pretty good play on words until after the fact. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be a gotcha moment, but I didn't want... It was I a good want, gotcha moment. I just, I just wanted to good. fucking roll with it, man. But uh, fucking really good to, good to have you in here, man. I don't normally bring like... Mm, usually it's like I'll bring somebody that I don't know that well on, but mm-hmm. like you and I actually have a pretty good correspondence with each other just through over the years uh, being um, my brother's friends friend who's always been around but then you ended up ended up getting me a job a few years back oh yeah we don't have to take that was we don't have to name that company but jesus (laughs) that company is actually not around anymore oh thank god so can we shit talk them a lot oh you could shit (laughs) talk them all you company central wholesalers actually i shouldn't say they're not around anymore i think lowe's bought them out oh fuck lowe's and it into the ground yeah Yeah, fuck yeah (laughs) right Lowe's blows, dude. Yeah. And uh, what were we? We were refinishing bathtubs, bathtubs, which sounds like a made-up job. Yeah. Like when I had that job, I was telling people, and I was like, "Did did I say that out loud? Like, is this real?" Yeah, it comes off weird because like people are like, "What do you mean you refinish them? Like you they didn't weren't finish yeah. the first time? <laughs> you didn't like, even know? <laughs> you're like, you didn't even know that was a job that was needed, much less someone like could be full time doing this whole thing? Yeah, such a weird job." It sucked real bad. It brought us into terrible, Horrible. terrible, terrible areas the worst to do areas. an awful, awful, You're awful job. You're lucky you never had to go to Jersey. Oh, Me and my cousin would have to go to Trenton and Newark and stuff. <laughs> Didn't people like get murdered while you were on the job? Like around oh, yeah. the corner? We were, in, we were in Trenton. We were working in an apartment complex. The, the units had just bathtubs, no shower heads, no sinks Ugh. in it. It was just like pretty much a closet, bathtub. Go- paint the bathtub and we must have had four or five to do that day and we're prepping it getting everything ready taped it off sanded it all down ready to paint and right as we're about to go outside to paint it we start hearing sirens and everything and then we go outside there's an ambulance a whole bunch of cops and they were like oh you can't come out here right now like there was just a shooting and they were pretty much essentially like oh like give us like an hour and everything will be back just to clean up the blood yeah (laughs) (laughs) we need to deactivate this active crime scene and then we'll let you on your way yeah fuck that i didn't last too long at that job uh because as terrible it was as it was i guess i was even a worse employee but i'm glad yeah you were pretty bad at it i was Um, (laughs) how bad was i you i remember i remember i remember i think i told you this is how i knew you sucked at your job (laughs) Because I remember telling you to wash the tub and then to dry it off. And I think I went outside to smoke or something or get something to snack on. And I come back in and I just see you ripping off individual sheets of paper towel one at a time and dropping them into the tub and watching them soak up the water. And I'm like, what are you doing, you fucking clown? Get on your hands and knees, grab some paper towels and start wiping up the fucking water and dry the tub. And then you went on vacation for like two weeks to Italy after like your first week of training and came back and you were even worse. Yeah. <laughs> 
and and the fucking worst part about it was I didn't I they gave me the job and I didn't tell them that in a couple of weeks I was going on a two week vacation to Italy yeah. and because I I was afraid bringing you told up, me though yeah yeah obviously but I was boy. like ah you'll be fine yeah, exactly. you'll be fine and um and yeah so like I go on this two week vacation I think two or three weeks into the job I take a two week vacation. And I didn't disclose that because it's like I didn't want to lose the opportunity of the job, right? I needed a job at the time, and I came yeah. back from Italy and instantly got fired. <laughs> like, like walked in that Monday because yeah, you uh, you taped up a bathtub, <laughs> you taped halfway up the tile, and you painted half of the tiles. Half of the first row of tile was painted, and the other half of the tile was not painted. I actually had to go back to that job, scrape off all the paint, and repaint that tub. I'm so happy I quit that job. Though. That job so, so this is why I bring that job up. The great irony of it is that you were an actual artist. You're an actual painter. <laughs> and it was so painful. Like you and I would be in the van a lot. And it was so painful for me as an actual artist who, who uh, as an artist who does get to practice his art to yep. see you like almost like this is not you are painting, but you're not doing it in an artistic way. You're not doing oh, it. No way. Yeah. It was so fucking sad because you are a very good artist. I mean, it was like meditative, you know, right? No, you had to like be focused and you had to catch like your flow of doing things correctly and get I never like, got the hand motions down smooth and it it did require a lot of finesse. Yeah, way, no, to like, be good. It, it was a job that you could be good at and yeah, it's actually a good way to look at it. Yeah. Now that I think of it like yeah, you you um you clearly had a more positive outlook on it. I fucking obviously hated it, so I was glad to leave. Yeah. But you practically um, went in there and just dumped the can of paint on the tub and you're like, "All right, paint it." <laughs> so it looks good to me. <laughs> There's paint on it, right? What else do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I botched it, but um, and 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 I was like, at the time, I was seeing you starting to get into tattoo work, like like you were jotting stuff down. Yeah. You were, I think you were, you've given yourself tattoos, maybe a couple of people tattoos as well, yep. who would actually let you. Well, I had tattooed when I was 18, like, not really professionally, I would say, kind of like. Like an informal apprenticeship, I was doing it at a shop, but I never really like. He never had me do any paperwork to file with the state that I was an actual apprentice. So mm. it was kind of just an under the table picking up what I could learn from him, and uh, which there's that, a lot of value to him. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I got my first machines from that. Um, I did end up tattooing a couple people from that that I knew, a couple of my buddies, and then kind of just fell out of it, you know. Um, after that, I mean, had some graphic design jobs, uh, had the central wholesalers job, had a bunch of different jobs, worked at car detailing and stuff. Now, was it always the goal to eventually be doing art as a living, right? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the end goal is that I pretty much don't want to be doing anything else other than using my creative muscles on a daily basis. That is beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that is definitely the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way to get... Um, I would love to be in that position one day too, but I definitely follow that. Like, I have a day job, and in the side, I pursue the things I love. I, I yeah, try to use the money you know, that I get from... I mean, it was cool, because Central, like, they were definitely... They were definitely supportive of the fact that they knew I wanted to have higher aspirations into the art field. So they let me do the mural at the shop. Oh yeah. That looked pretty cool. Yep. I did that. Um, and I would always be drawing up stuff for people. 
even when I was waiting for the paint to cook, because the paint would take like, you know, 20 minutes to set up before you could spray it. I would draw up like tattoo ideas for people, um, even the project did that the property managers and stuff. I would give them little sketches that and ever, stuff. Did that ever get annoying for you when, when people would ask you to draw up a tattoo knowing that like you're maybe not going to make any money off it or would you charge money? Like how did, how did that work? Because I know, I remember that too back when like you like having artist friends, people always come up and you're like, hey, could you draw me this tattoo? Draw me this tattoo. And I was like, you're asking them to do a thing that kind of should cost a little bit of money. You know, should, should I feel like I mean, you should be for paying. Me, for me, I have no problem like sketching like and by sketching, I mean, like, takes less than, you know, a half hour. Like, I'll sketch something up for you. If you're having trouble, like, getting your idea on paper, I'll sketch something up for you that will give you something in the material world to look at and say, right. okay, I could see where this is heading. That is... That I'll do free. That is kind of your your trade would be illustrator as far as... like I know that's, like, a, a thing that you could... You yeah, could take a I have, picture out I of have your a head. bachelor's in illustration. Okay, okay, yeah, that's what yeah. it was, right? Mm-hmm. And you could take something out of your head and just literally just put it on paper, and yeah. it looks goddamn real. You Thanks. know, it's 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 wizardry to me for you know because well, I could ba- you- I barely could write my own name. Like I, <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I have such forget artists. Like I, a terrible handwriting. It's all bad. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about art. You know, me and uh, me and my boss were talking about this. That that's one of the great things about art is you're essentially boss making, over at the tattoo shop. You're talking about, right? yeah, owner. I mean, I shouldn't technically call him a boss because he we're all like you know in, independent contractors. But right. The shop owner. We were talking, and um, yeah, you know, it's essentially you're making money out of thin air doing any kind of art whether it's music that's or drawing like, interesting way to look at you're it. literally <clears throat> like even when people pay me for the tattoos i do they're not even really paying for the art as much as for the time slot like when hmm. you put down a deposit you're not putting down the deposit for the artwork you're literally buying that slice of time that will be used accordingly to do your work you know interesting so if you don't show up then you know we take that and it's not refundable but when you do show up and you get it that hour or whatever that you paid for as the deposit goes towards the rest of the hourly pay for the tattoo so what you're saying is it's it's the time and not necessarily the art and even whatever whatever artwork occurs during that time it's still going to get like the same charge? Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't I don't charge by piece or anything. I don't care if it's a landscape, a pet portrait, um you know, a still life, something geometric, a mandala, something tribal. Geometry it's is your just, shit, right? I love geometry. You Sacred do, geometry, you, you do the symbolism real in cool geometry, shit with that. numerology all that stuff with the classical arts. So do you have any advice for people, for, for people who are kind of looking into getting into, not, not necessarily becoming a tattoo artist, but like maybe just getting their first tattoo. Like as far as like, cause I have a few, I mean, I have two from you. I have three tattoos too. You've done two of them, mm-hmm. but like you get, you know, you're an actual artist. You deal with a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of first timers, <clears throat> um, a lot of first timers getting their first tattoos. Are there any like do's and don'ts that just from, like your your end of the experience that you could maybe talk to some people about who are maybe thinking of having their first tattoo. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, have somewhat of an idea of what you want. You you absolutely want to know what you want to get 
before you come in to get it. Right. right. You know, don't show up and be like, hey, I want my first tattoo. Okay, okay, okay. Talk, talk to me about that. People come into the, you're telling me people come into the shop, they want a tattoo, they have no idea what they want. Yeah. Come on. It happens. Like, like tell. Uh, and <clears throat> it's totally fine if you do that, if it's like, hey, man, I love your work. I want a tattoo from you. That's cool. Don't yeah, know what I want, but I want you to do something cool. Right. Do whatever you want. That's Free perfect. 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 But, you know, but <laughs> don't come in and be like, hey, I want a tattoo. Oh, okay, cool. What do you want? I don't know. Something cool. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Like, How much? like an ice cube yeah, or right? like a fucking cold soda? Like, what do you mean you want I'm something I'm going to put cool? a sandwich. I'm going to tattoo a sandwich <laughs> a on your fat arm. Italian combo on your arm. Yeah. Exactly. And there's going and, and Mario, Super Mario is going to be dumping a, a bucket of marinara sauce on it. How do you like yeah. that? They're like, actually, no, I think that's a fucking cool tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mario. Uh, just being a guinea. Um, that'll be your next one. It might. It might, man. Yeah, I, like I, I definitely want to get some more work, but I don't know what I want next. But like, yeah. So, so people will come in and they have no, absolutely no clue what they want. I mean, generally, no. Most of the time, people come in and they come with reference photos. Like, right. I feel like ninety percent of people know that it's a permanent decision, and they put some thought into it. Um, you definitely get the people who are a little more spontaneous with it, and they'll see something and they just want it quick. Um, like I had two people who were just hanging out in the pool one day and they called up the shop and said they wanted to come in for two matching tattoos of barbells where like you, the middle, like the part you hold was like a heartbeat. So like they're like weightlifters or whatever. All right, so, so I was like, okay, that's cool. So like, I, the moment. I am a weightlifter myself. I lift yep. weights. You do. And that might be the gayest fucking tattoo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it might be, but you know, like, like, no, I'm speaking on behalf of like, I am part of the lifting community. I, I lift oh, regularly. Totally. Like that is fucking lame. <laughs> so, you know, lame. and uh, that's good. No, I, no, I would be a liar if I said I don't have lame tattoos. You know, I I walked into a, a tattoo shop one day and I was like, "Hey, man, I want a ruler that says you rule tattooed <laughs> on my side," and I fucking have it. Yeah, and not, and honestly, that I will probably get corny tattoos myself. It's just whatever they mean to you. If it's important to you, yeah, you everybody know, needs to. It's get going at least on your body forever. Tattoo. Right. It's essential. Yeah, I think so. I mean, shit. The I have the the ankle. The the, the first one you gave me. The cuff. The, yeah, the, the rubber cuff, band. Yeah, the rubber band around my ankle. Yeah, I have this. Where to pull your socks up to? It, pretty much. Yeah, I just have this. <laughs> literally, just a band. It's like a centimeter black band that he put on me on on my left calf, and it's just there. And some people love it because it's like I just like this little like minimalist tattoo on my leg, and other people are like, I I don't get it i'm like you don't have to i mean yeah, it's fine it's not for you, you know, it's get exactly it. i get it it's, it's on my it's on me yeah it's i like, get it it's on my body i wanted yeah. it clearly i still it's you know over a year now i've had it i still love it so i'm like i'm i'm good i don't need to have this really i don't really need to have this conversation <laughs> but yeah um cool all right that's good advice so ask all my guests i don't know i, I know you didn't get this far into any of the episodes but <laughs> um it's not that fucking big video uh i ask all my guests what what makes you happy what gets you out of bed what makes me happy hell yeah um observation honestly i just like i really just like yeah. looking at stuff observing stuff it's the first time anyone's fucking given that answer that's a legitimate interesting answer stuff. just like really trying to like understand like the minutiae of everything what's going on around yeah. us what is it all and you know? and i feel like that really checks out with 
kind of how, how your work factors into everything. Like, like the fact that you're so focused on geometry and I know a lot of that has sacred geometry, say things that happen in nature over and over. It's, it seems like, so, so with the observation and like art, it's like, you're trying to get to trying to figure out kind of like the big, what the big deal is, you know? Yeah, you could say that. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that's really my reason for doing it. Well, what is, what, what, what do you love about observing so much? You just, you always find more to it. It's like, it, it's really just like a never ending supply. It's like a fountain that just keeps constantly flowing mm-hmm. and like, you know, like you could keep filling up buckets and cups and it, you just have an endless supply to look at. Like, right. No matter what, like you're doing, if it's music or in my case, looking for something to draw, I could look at a blank wall and stare at it for 20 minutes and I'll start getting ideas. And just okay, by yeah. like, yeah, letting the mind relax and relaxing your eyes. And then the dots start, connecting that's so cool see yeah. one of the things i i like about interviewing uh people who aren't just in the comedy space is i draw i I'm, myself i get to draw <clears throat> all these comparisons that mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to so many different people but so many people say the same things about different things basically like like what, what you're explaining is basically the same way that comedians look at jokes and when yeah. it just comes to being passionate or interested in something you that's you 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 start getting on those details now you you're just basically basically saying you're just interested in being interested almost which is which is interesting (laughs) but sorry no it's very i I, I don't yeah i don't mean to just like be in a dead horse here but it's like yeah it's super it's super i wish i've done i could i wish i've had a psychedelic experience so i could talk to you on that level because it seems like that's what some of it comes from i mean it definitely that definitely has helped you know i've I've definitely crossed the veil more times. <laughs> You've dabbled. <laughs> I've dabbled. Um, but you know, even before, like I. Also, I by the way, even... I do not want a tattoo from you if you've never done a, uh, <laughs> psychedelics. <laughs> Seriously, I have. I don't. I want nothing to do with you. You are. You are not. You're not for yeah, me. Yeah, you haven't you're, seen it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're not. You're not. Uh, I mean, you're just not it. You're not but it. I used. To, I mean, I used to draw. You know, I never. I didn't do a psychedelic or smoke weed or anything until I I was probably 17. But you were an artist long before that. Yeah. So when does that still? I still had like that deep like sense of wonder in me even through like all my youth just like constantly wondering like what the fuck is it all? You know, like how is this all working together and being interrelated with each other right and because every single thing every single thing that we deal with mm-hmm. has been affected by every single thing that there is yeah how just, could it not be but just by something existing like me exist something existing right now and something existing on the other side of the earth we're both affecting each other yeah we, we have to 100 percent. you know like someone or on the other side of the galaxy or on the other side of the universe it's all on the other side of a pair it's universe. all related because it's yeah, very it's exist- all relative it's all it's very existence <clears throat> factors in on your existence it's it's very yeah, it's, it's part of the same system yeah. it's all it's all this it's all pieces of it, it's all different cogs and mechanisms part of the same machine you know like when you when somebody asks you when you describe a clock to somebody you're not like well you know like there's a rim and then there's a piece of glass in front of this crazy face with all these numbers on it and hand you're just like dude it's a fucking clock Mm -hmm. you know you don't get into the 
details of it. Yeah. You, but that's where we get caught up in our day to day life is, okay, well, this is happening in America, blah, blah, blah. But like people are losing track that it's all part of the same system that's operating under the terms of whatever the laws are right. that we've yet to fully discover. And what's what's going on with like with with, with these larger systems and small things being in play. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows it all. It's impossible to know every single bit of it. Yeah. And the further you are an expert, the more you are an expert, the further you could go into a specific part of this puzzle. Exactly. And because you're able to go into a specific part of this puzzle, you're able to point to this one problem that seems to be on a, it's a micro problem that seems to be affecting the macro so much. Right. Yeah. But because you're so focused on that, you don't realize there's another expert looking at a whole nother aspect. Yeah, your experts that, are fucking idiots. Yeah, they're it's all like, fucking idiots. No, it's like, the, okay, like, the more I, I mean, you know. I shouldn't say they're, I shouldn't say they're idiots because experts they're definitely are idiots. not. Like, but like, I understand that at the end of the day, you know, like, I wouldn't consider myself an expert at art, but I would consider somebody who's practiced and, you know, like, put the time yeah. in to hone my skills yeah well you're the you're, same way maybe like a biologist does or something but like i wouldn't try to go up to another artist or somebody and say they're doing it wrong because i know at the end of the day that i don't even know if i'm doing it right right so that's like, a great for, perspective for to an have expert to try to push their opinion like that's why like medicine is called a practice law is a practice of law you're practicing medicine because it's that's literally what it is. It's all a practice. Like, mm-hmm. Nobody's a hundred percent correct on of it. Of course not. In, yeah, nobody in, has all in the that answers. Circumstance, it might work for that specific patient or for whatever they're trying to do in that moment, but that doesn't make it fact across the board indefinitely until time ceases to exist. Like yes. that's just preposterous. Yeah, and and basically what you're speaking to is that just because it's working right now doesn't mean it works forever. We constantly yeah. constantly have to look at our own performance, our own mm-hmm. practices and see can we make this better? Have we been making it right? I mean, how fucking And even if you did try to do it the same way every time. Like if I sat down and tried to paint the same picture exactly the same every time, it would it would be a different picture every time. Of course, and like, and and every you know? and I, I try to tell the same story over and over and over. Yeah. Every time I tell the story, I understand the story a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. naturally, I'm going to tell it a little bit different. Exactly. You know, some words will be moved around, or you might like say something before it, or pull like some Quentin Tarantino shit and make the whole thing wrap around in a weird way. If I'm something. pulling Quentin Tarantino shit, I'm just going to put needless <laughs> shots of ladies' feet. That's, yeah, yeah. that's Quentin Tarantino shit. A lot of cigarettes. Just, just a bunch of cigarettes and the N-word. A lot of the N-word. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love the so guy, much. but like he definitely sneaks some shit in there like, eh, doesn't need to be there. He That's 37 N-bombs in a row by a white guy, and it's you. You're the guy who got to say it. True. But then you have the so-called experts right. telling him he's doing it wrong. Right. And it's like, who the fuck are you to now, tell him? And that's an interesting thing about doing something wrong, because we're talking about we're kind of weaving in and out of the arts and the sciences and yeah. and the arts I, it's pretty see there are some rules here and there but a lot of these rules can be broke like especially in comedy i would say like not so, like i wouldn't call them rules i would call them like certain canons yeah. certain like, there's like canons like canonical things oh okay so canonical okay I, that, i've only used it in, i've only heard it in the context of nerdy shit you like know? it's canon that <clears throat> Superman gets killed by kryptonite. Like, but I, I, this is the first time I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so 
like perspective for art. Like if you're trying to draw looking down a tunnel, there's a certain way to do that. Right. To make that perspective accurate. Right. Now, once you know it, then you could like fudge it a little bit and tweak it to your desires and exaggerate it or under exaggerate change it. the perspective as far as like so this is the general yeah. way to paint but the archetype the archetype of perspective is the truth you oh know my god that was such a cool sentence so like <laughs> like an apple archetype like nobody is gonna nobody is gonna fight you over saying like an apple is green or an apple right. is red because right. it's an apple but at the end of the day what the idea of an apple is is the same to everybody everybody like knows what a fucking apple is right right you know it's the archetypal idea of the apple that's the truth of it is the idea of it that is so fucking deep man yeah but but at the end of the day it's still just a goddamn apple still just a fucking apple and when a and when and when you a realist illustrator Mm -hmm. can take a can paint a picture of an apple. All right, let, let me do this real Paint a picture of an apple yeah. that has a bite taken out of it. It's a little, it's been sitting out all day. So it's yeah, so, a little so, oxidized. So, yeah, so a little oxidized. There's, it's, it's, it was, um, it just got taken out of the freezer. Now it's on the table. So it's collecting a little bit of dew, right? Yeah. Maybe there's a, a worm in there. God, that's why, that's why it's, there's only one bite in the thing. You, there's a half eaten worm in there, right? Yeah. And it looks like it's on a flat piece of paper. But mm. it looks like a three-dimensional apple. And you're like, that is an apple, right? Yeah. Then your two-year-old son scribbles this bullshit fucking red circle, fills it in a little bit, like fills yep. it in a little bit red, and then he puts like a green stick coming off of it. Yeah. And you're like, that's a fucking apple. It's still a fucking apple. <laughs> you know? Like, you know? And, at you the know, end of the day, an apple is an apple. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like six of one, half dozen of the other, you know? So it's, what? Sorry? Like six of one thing. Or a half a dozen, dozen on the other. other. It's just, yeah, it's the same it's fucking the same thing, thing. You know, absolutely. And and um, that I I would like us. I would like more people to understand that about being creative. That yeah. And I mean that's I mean the fucking the whole comes back to the theme of this podcast. Like good enough as far as like yeah. is like you did it. You painted an apple. Good job. Because from exactly. like a young from like a young age, I my my so I love my brothers. You know my brother uh, Gaetano, of course. Yeah. But from a young age, he kind of turned me off of music. Because yeah. he used to tell me how fucking terrible I was at drums all the time. Yeah, I get that. And, and, so, and I wish like we had a better perspective on that when we were young. Like I, I, I missed out on years of getting better on music because I got really down on myself about it because I thought, you know, but in reality, just practicing the drums would have made me a lot better at drums and sucking at drums for, for the way that I sucked. But doing it over time would have gotten me better, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean... Yeah. I guess that's the tough part about art right? is that, you know, now it comes down to what do you consider good enough? What's, right. what's your good? Of enough? course. Cause like, it is all perspective. For me, like I can still draw an apple like I did when I was five years old. Right. Is that good enough to get me off? You know, well, like is definitely that don't put, happy? don't tattoo it on someone's body. Probably not. But <laughs> some people do like stuff like that. That's a good and point. There is a time and place for it where people do want that. Like, well, if their son drew them nostalgic, something, yeah. And you have to yeah. be able to tap into that. Okay. I'm a kid. How would I draw this as a mindless three-year-old who's crawling around, you know? Yeah. You and have now no with that idea of what saying in the lines is, yeah. what a line is, why there even are lines. I would love to see a bunch of professional artists tackle yeah. that. Try to do What's something. What's the first line? Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
um, like try to try to do something in a terrible way. But with with that in mind, like think of the context. It's almost like acting in a way. Yeah. Uh, where you have to take on this character. It's impressionistic. Oh, okay. So explain that a little bit to me. So like Starry Night is impressionistic. Ooh, how so? Starry Night, is that a, that's a the Van painting, Gogh, right? Yeah. Van Gogh painting, You know, yeah. with all like the swirls and shit. Yeah. So like he just wanted to express the feeling or the impression of that landscape at night that he saw. So oh. instead of sitting down in doing like a very technical drawing of the landscape the way like you know some of the other classical artists would or like the hudson river valley painters would paint landscapes hyper realistic beautiful get all the lighting perfect and everything he just wanted the motion and the flow of all the elements together as like almost like you're looking at like a soup yeah and that's like the impression of that landscape. So, so the way you're explaining it to me, I, I, I hear it's like he painted the feeling of yeah. the picture. He didn't paint, Essentially, he, he didn't yeah. do a realistic portrait. That's not what that night looked like. No, God, I mean, he wanted to, the world is ending if the sky looks. He like He wanted that. to that's give insane. you an impression of what he felt that night. That's so. And back to back to like how all art ties in together. That's what what you're hearing. Like when you hear a song. You're not hear you're not hearing it. It's not a mo- it's not how a movie is is more of an account of a like a conversation in a movie is a lot more like a conversation in real life. But a conversation in a song are the way song lyrics, right? They they don't that's not how any conversation sounds. People don't talk like they're exactly. in music. You gotta yeah. be a real pretentious dickhead <laughs> to talk in a way <laughs> to say that sounds everything sound- in song yeah, lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and I know some people like that who don't realize that they're like they're speaking in poems or speaking in art and oh. it's like stop trying to be so damn profound dude like I know I do it all the time you're not that but no no I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're that bad at, I mean uh, I I definitely don't like try to do it like that but you know it happens to everybody I think so when did you first pick up that you like we get exposed to a lot of stuff uh, at a young age, um, mm-hmm. I think, in an attempt to see what we might be interested in. Like, I definitely started, you know, I was definitely doing art when I was a kid. They, they have you do it in class or your parents will have you draw stuff up. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I, things click. Like, I knew that I loved making people laugh in, like, second grade. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I knew that. I, I remember being in the bathroom in, like, second grade and, like, looking into the mirror and having, like, an existential crisis because I was afraid that I wasn't as funny as I was last year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I felt that I felt that at that young of an age I could distinctly remember like I haven't been making the class laugh out loud as much as I used to I'm like dude you're seven yeah. why do you care but you know yourself ex- literally literally and that's you know but I'm and that doesn't necessarily make an artist but I'm saying like that's my earliest memory of loving comedy so like what is your what are your, some of your earlier memories of like oh because maybe some people who are parents who listen to this uh, might be able to recognize that in their children because I am a firm believer in picking up on what interests uh, interests your kid or interests somebody at a young age so that you could get them into it ASAP. Not that... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so, I mean, you know that I have a lot of cousins and stuff. Right. And when me and all my cousins were young, my grandmother would watch all of us. It was like... a private fucking place oh i remember that back with my grandma so watching 16 grand i feel like all the other cousins would be drawing and we were all in the same age range you know right and 
there was just like a little more detail or whatever it might be, maybe like a perspective of it or like an angle of something and my drawings that stood out, I guess, from the others. And that's like, fascinating. This fucking kid is seeing it different than these fucking kids. Right. You know? <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. They pushed it to me, but I did a lot of stuff. I did magic for a while. You oh know? yeah. Um, you did have a magic phase. How the fuck did you get started in magic? I I went to Aruba when I was 13. Not where I pictured that story going. Okay. And saw a magic show. <laughs> okay. And um, long story short, I met the magician after the show. And the first thing he taught me was how to cut a deck of cards with one hand. And I remember my hands were still small and I could hardly do it. And I just practiced like all vacation. Like I'm in fucking paradise. I'm yep. trying to cut a deck of cards with one yep. hand the whole time. Like yep. totally distracted by being in Aruba, you yeah. know, didn't even care about that. I was on a fancy Island or whatever. Yeah. So finally, like we're end of the trip. I finally like halfway got it yeah. to the point where I was like, okay, I can actually do this time to enjoy my vacation. It's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then from there it just, uh, you know, I got home and like, would back then there were fucking magic shops you could actually go to and buy tricks like you would walk in and the guy behind the counter would be like hey check this out and yeah yeah fucking pull a rabbit out of his hat or right something. right <laughs> and then you could buy that fucking hat yeah to pull the rabbit out of you know that's so cool so when i was 14 or 15 um there was a magic shop in shelton on center street it was lazat's magic shop did Brian we Lizotte. really have a magic shop in shelton yeah and I would go there all the time, like probably annoyed the hell out of that dude yeah. all the time. And then finally he was like, all right, like, cause I wanted to work there specifically so that I had access to all the tricks mm-hmm. because in order to sell a trick, you had to learn the trick. Of course. So for me, it was like, okay, if I work here, I don't have to buy the fucking tricks anymore. I yeah. can just learn them all, show people and then if it did require a gimmick or something, I could purchase it if I needed it. Yeah. But all the sleight of hand stuff I could learn for free. Right. So I did that. And since I was underage to work at the time, he essentially just paid me in magic tricks. <laughs> so like all the stuff that wasn't sleight of hand that, that did require absurd, a gimmick, yeah. Yeah. he would just give me like the gimmicks. Like Not a bad deal, hand. dude. Yeah. So I mean, by like 17, 18, I was doing like... $300 an hour shows for like Navaris, the company that makes like Tylenol and shit in New Jersey. I was doing like walk around magic. You got on for... the magic circuit? <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. I was going to magic conventions. Going, I went to Daytona magic convention. Um, met Johnny Thompson, who was Chris Angel's producer. A couple other famous magicians, Penn and Teller and stuff. And you met Penn and Teller? Yep. Oh, I met David cool Copperfield. Shit. Yo. Yeah. So that was I didn't really know any cool. Of this stuff. Um, I did a little bit of dove magic and then. So what could you reveal to us about that? I know magicians aren't supposed to talk about that stuff. Even if you're, that you're, it's you're all re- just a trick essentially. But like where, where were you getting a dove from? Like where, where would, where would you keep it? If you plan on doing that trick that day, <laughs> where the fuck was the dove? Uh, I mean, it depends on the trick. It depends what you're trying to pull it out of, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Where the fuck did that dove come from? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would either be like... And why does it smell like ass? Most of the time, you know, magicians wear suits for our 
a reason. You know? Oh, right. You got sleeves, you got pockets. Yeah. So that helps a lot. You know, it'll either be in your sleeve or in a pocket or in like some other kind of bag or yeah. box or device. Have any any situations where a magic trick went wrong in a humiliating way? Nope, not really. Oh, um, you're just good. Shit. I've nothing where like like I've never pulled like a dead bird out and been like, <laughs> oh, something happened. No, no, <laughs> no, never anything like that. I mean, I've gotten like you always get hecklers. People would call you out and be like, oh, I saw it there. And then as a magician, it's your job to say, okay, well, how can I? it's almost like computers like where there's like certain gateways that allow the information to travel through the circuitry. And so like, all right, so he just closed down this one gateway. So now I can't do the end of this trick as planned. Right. But now that I'm reverting back to where I am now, what other gateways does that allow me to open where I can work around it. You are talking about a magic trick the exact same way that a comedian gets his way out of a heckle. Exactly. Because a heckle, I've talked about it on the show before, but I've never related it to a magician. I never thought yeah. I'd have to, oh, but that's fucking brutal. But like I, what I told you about before, how everything is connected, how in mm-hmm. the more I talk to people, the more I'm able to draw these parallels. So obviously comedy, there's an ebb and flow to it. There's a, there's a planned, it's an act and I plan on getting here to there. There's punchlines, there's setups, there's tags. They're all planned, but we're also funny people. So we're able to deal with stuff on the spot. Yeah. And when I'm building up that tension to, to release the tension with that joke, you know, if you ruin that with the heckle, you might've fucked up that punchline. I might not be able to punchline, especially when you step on it. As I'm about to say the punchline, that joke's dead. And you're right in that moment. You have to, uh, I've never heard it explained as pathways, but that's exactly what it is. You have to figure out, okay, I have this other joke in my set to get to. I have to deal with the situation right now, which is a heckler and ruining the show. Exactly. I can make it funny. I can acknowledge it. There's, I got to do something about it and then get back into my material. And you start considering, well, it's it's the same way as like... It's like driving. Like, oh my gosh, just make detour, that same... Yes! You, know, you literally took detour, the fucking sentence out of my mouth. You can either sit in traffic and wait the fucking painstaking hour that right. it takes to go through the traffic. Yeah. Or you could like either take the risk and try to find a different path around on your own or bring up maps on your phone and say, okay, I could take this right and then take this left and it'll bring me around it whatever way you can to get around it. You know? And I think for non-artists listening to this, I think they could, there's that takeaway too. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't sit in traffic. Yeah. Fucking find a way around. Exactly. You, you get stuck in situation. And I think that that's one of the nice things about being creative, being a creative, being someone who like has that. And I also believe that most people are creatives. They just don't realize it. They, uh, uh, we practice creativity very often. It's a muscle. You have to, you have to exercise. Absolutely. But, and I think we exercise in more ways than we realize. And I just, I wish more people would acknowledge that to themselves because I think it opens up it makes you understand yourself a lot better. But yeah, you get into these situations where it's like, this is what was planned. I mean, that's life, really. Yeah. When it comes down to it, that's life is that we all have a plan. I mean, what all of us plan. I think everybody plans for a life that is our most successful version of ourself, mm-hmm. right? Because we have this idea, like, this is where I, Stefano Sanzo, can get to one day. I see it. I, I see the I see the thing that I want to do, right? Yeah. And I have a general path. Like, if I do this thing, then this thing, then this thing, then this thing, then this thing, I should be able to get to that thing. But when I did this thing, well, I wasn't planning for this happening. Fuck. Yeah. Now I got to regroup. Now I got, I mean, exactly. shit. What did every, what did every single person on earth have to deal with this year? Shit. Right. 
We all had plans yeah. that didn't involve the past three months. All of us, exactly. you know? And we're dealing with that fallout of like, well, shit, you know? The entire world had to take a detour. Yeah. And we're well, in I mean, very you know, interesting like, territory for that reason. And some people take productive detours that we would call shortcuts. Some people take the scenic route. Some people just sit in traffic and wait for it to end. This and is, I think that's the worst thing to do is that's the, the being idle. Speaking of analogies, Stagnant. that's like that's like the person who works that shitty nine to five job their whole life and they're just stuck in traffic. And they think that at the end of it that they'll get to where they wanted. But they didn't even take the time to realize that there could be a shortcut or there could be a scenic route. A better you know? route, yeah. Yeah. You don't have you... to just sit there and sit in traffic Mm-mm. your whole life, you know? No, no you're right, man. It, you you could pursue other things. And you yeah. don't have to just... Just because someone, like, just because someone told you something doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. Yeah, like, I was doing good with magic. I probably could have stayed with that. But I essentially gave up magic to go to art school and then... I originally, when I was in art school, I was like, I'm going to get into galleries and sell paintings. That's what I wanted to do. Right. And you think of yourself in your most successful, this is where I want to be. So yeah. Yeah. And that didn't work at all. Mm. I was like, and then I found out, well, you know, like most galleries will take 50% or whatever. And then I'm doing the math out. All right. It takes me three months to do a painting and I could sell it for maybe 30 grand and then they take half and then I'm only getting 15 grand. You're like, this is minimum wage. And it's like, uh, yeah, like, well, why why would I do that? Like, I'd rather just, I'd rather just paint for meditative purposes at that point. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I think Mm -hmm. that's really, really massively important Mm -hmm. what you just said. So paint for meditative purposes. Now, when you say that, I hear something that I, I want. I would love people to grasp more, which is take the capitalism out of passion for a little bit and enjoy doing the thing. Because Mm -hmm. especially in our country, we rip ourselves off the road of joy because it's not going to make us money. Oh, you should do things that you like doing, even if they're going to fucking lose you money. I've said it on this podcast a thousand times. I pay for studio time. A lot of people have a podcast, put these things out for, for, you know, it's, it's all free, but like a lot of people have a podcast. They, uh, they do it like out of their basement or something. They buy their equipment and it's free for them. For me, because I want it in this setting, I think context is everything. I want to be able to bring someone into a studio, into a mutual place, something with good sound recording. I want to not, I'm not a sound engineer, so I want, I don't want to have to edit stuff. What I'm saying is yeah. I put money into this thing that I love and I'm not necessarily getting money back. Oh, of course. But it brings so much fucking joy to my life. You know, maybe one important. day it'll make money. So I'll see people, I see artists, other, I mean, artists all over and they'll go out and be like, oh, where can I buy the cheapest canvas and the cheapest paint? And they'll bust their ass doing paintings as quick as they can to sell them for 50 bucks. Yeah. And I'm the complete opposite. I go to the art store. I buy the best possible canvas, the best gesso, the best paints. What's a gesso? Gesso is like a primer for the canvas or for panel. You don't really, I mean, I guess you could use it on canvas, but most of the time canvas is primed. But like if you're painting on like wood or MDF panel or something, you got to prime it with gesso first. Interesting. And then, you know, it costs me hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every year just in art supplies. And I don't sell any of my paintings. I've sold maybe like three or four paintings. And and you do have paintings for sale? 
I mean, nothing's really for sale. If I I wouldn't not sell work, but nothing currently has a price tag on it because I I haven't painted anything with the intentions of selling it. I painted it for me. Personally. See what I'm saying though? Exactly. You know, like, I didn't do this thing with the intention of selling. Yeah. The very fact that you get to practice an art is the gift. Exactly. You like there are people who keep themselves from pursuing a creative passion mm -hmm. because they don't see the money. And I understand yeah. we have responsibilities in this world. You have kids, you have bills, you have mortgages. I, I get it. Okay. I'm I'm not trying totally. to I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't you shouldn't be making you shouldn't have income. I am saying that you Yeah, owe you it need to, your, to do something to make money that you at least don't hate. Yeah. But aside from that, like tattooing is what I do for my income. And, but my passion is painting. You know, oh, okay. I paint for the pure passion of it. I don't try to make a dollar from it. I don't do it for any other purpose than self discovery, experimentation. You know, that's why I paint. Tattooing is a craft that you can make money on and hone your skills in a different manner than you would in painting. Right. And that, and you approach it different, you know, like when you have to tattoo somebody, okay, what's your budget? How long are you planning on sitting? How long do you think you could sit? What kind of size do you want it? How much detail can we fit in it? And all of all the that gets planned out before you start the tattoo. Right. Painting. I can open a canvas and just start splashing paint on it and walk right. away from it and come back to it in two months. Right. And put a couple of strokes down one day, sipping coffee. Right. Because walk away from it. Because come back to none it. of the There's nothing holding me exactly, to it to get it done. No none deadlines. of the none of the walls are there. None of the well, it's got to be in this budget. It has to be done in this time. Exactly. It's got to be done in this size. It's got to be done in this color. None of that. There aren't any rules. Yeah. And I and, think those, I think having those rules in your life are beneficial, like, and that's why I like tattooing because it, it puts those boundaries down, which it sharpens your skills to meet requirements. I like that a lot. Which yeah. is useful for when you don't need to meet a requirement. Correct. Yeah. So being able to meet requirements will help you with your work that you do that doesn't have any requirements you know yes yeah no learning how to get something done yeah the uh, discipline i was yeah you keep saying the next word that's coming out of my mouth yeah exactly <laughs> no uh, teaching yourself discipline through putting up these wall uh, putting up these rules putting up these uh dimensions that you didn't come up with yourself mm -hmm. will will make you a lot better at pursuing the thing on your own time absolutely and uh yeah, man. But that, but that is something that like, I, I really do try to push on people. Like I wouldn't, I'm not like a motivational speaker by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like, I just want people to yeah. get involved in their own lives. I'm a horrible person. Yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a role model in any sense no. of the imagination, but I, I would just like, what I want to do in this world, I, I'd like people to get a little bit more happiness and a little more passionate and passionate yeah. on their own lives. So as an entertainer, I could give them I, I could give them entertainment. I, I could make, I could captivate them. I could bring them in. I could put smiles on their faces. I could offer them a fresh perspective. But like what I do specifically with this podcast, I want people to get a little bit more out of themselves. I really do believe that humans are too goddamn smart not to 
utilize your brain, utilize your oh, body, yeah. utilize your appendages <clears throat> for something. People have no idea what they're capable of. And like, that's like a shame is that nobody wants to, it seems like nobody even wants to find out what they're capable of. Money yucks it up, you know, because we, we, yeah, we, but we, it doesn't have to. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Oh, I don't, I'm not like, of that school. I, I personally don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I don't watch television. The, the one show I will watch is South Park. Solid show. It's been a couple seasons yeah. that I haven't watched it. That's but. like the only show I could say I've ever like been like, okay, it's Wednesday. South Park's on. I'm yeah. going to watch it. I've never done that with any other show. Right. And because of that, that time I would have spent watching TV, my mind uses it for other things. I'll either be sitting down listening to music and sketching and then I'll come up with an idea for a painting and then I'll start prepping the canvas for the painting. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks or three months or a year, I'll have a brand new painting. Yeah. From yeah. just not watching TV. Right. That t- So, and I think it is important to have time wasting hobbies as well. Yeah. If you want to kick not, it I'm not even sure like time. if it's a fucking snow day yeah, or it's yeah. raining and there's nothing to do and you're not in the mood to Point. do a hobby. But or, I'm on board with what you're saying as far as like time management. Like you you could get a lot out of your day. Like today, oh, totally. today for example, right? I uh, I, I worked a full-time shift. I, I worked uh, mm-hmm. seven, to, seven to four today, right? From there, I went to the gym. Got a good like hour and a half workout in. Went down nice. to Norwalk, did stand-up comedy. And now I'm here recording in the studio at nine. All, I mean, it's a lot. This was a pretty heavy day, I'll admit. But like, it's all still manageable. You know what I mean? Yeah, and of I did. Course. Now, of course. Yeah, I didn't stop and watch TV. When would I get rather, home. And, and I, I tell people, it's like, okay, so like, would you rather go to bed not tired? Or would you rather like actually work all day? And when you do get home to go to bed, it's like, oh, thank God I can finally I've go to bed. Never heard it framed that way. But that is such a good way to look at it. Yeah. Would you rather go to people, bed tired? People complain that, that oh, they I can't couldn't sleep, sleep last you night. It's like, yeah, idiot. you don't fucking you do anything. You didn't do shit. Yeah, of why, you can't Why sleep. would you have been able to You're sleep? You're fucking tired. You didn't you earn didn't it. <laughs> you, you have to earn the feeling you of being the tired. You watched the fucking Kardashians for the past six hours you stopped drinking coffee two hours ago right and you were watching tv and you didn't exercise at all you didn't you didn't exercise your mind or your body at all today anything of course you're not fucking tired of course you're yeah. you're tossing in your sleep your body is your body is tossing in your bed because it's to like i got do i need to go do something fucking idiot. Yeah, i'm so exactly. fucking bored and fat <laughs> <laughs> like why didn't we do anything today we had a it's full true. day and uh that's what i'm trying to say man like i because because like naps are the devil don't take naps whoever listens to this don't take naps oh my god i i I don't have any and i i don't even know how people nap i can't show i have too much shit in the day my dog takes naps my dog doesn't do fucking anything he doesn't have a fucking job (laughs) doesn't have any talent yeah doesn't have any fucking hobbies. I didn't expect you to come on and just roast your fucking dog. You're like this fucking asshole over here. Who the fuck you Does just, doesn't pay rent? Just pays no rent. Just shits and eats and sleeps. Yep. Yeah, some life. Um, but honestly, there's some people who live that life. But <laughs> and that's cool. If if you want to live that life, by all means, you know, go right. for it. But I, like, but don't, don't also pretend that you have aspirations. Yeah, because a lot of or people don't who, complain about it. There, there will know? be people who live a stagnant life like that and talk about a not stagnant life. They'll talk about, well, I do need to get to the gym. Oh, I I want to get into this. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Do those fucking things, then, dude. Wait. Or, oh, like I couldn't sleep last night. Or oh, I wish I you know was stronger. I wish I could like 
do what this person does. It's I like, wish, I wish, I wish. Waving their yeah, fucking you can magic want in wand. one hand and shit in the other yeah. and see which fills up first. Exactly, know, exactly. You know? But it's like they wish, they wish, they wish as if they have a magic wand. It's like there's yeah. no magic wand, man. Just go even with do a magic it. wand. Exactly. It you gotta still know how to do the trick. You need to have. You have to know how to cast a spell and yeah. a fucking yeah. Exactly, exactly. You have to. You have to know. Yeah, you're 100. You have to learn fucking Latin before yeah. you can start casting <laughs> exactly. spells, dude. You know. Um. Yeah. So that's what I like, cause, cause like, I don't want to, I, I need to reiterate, like I'm not any, I, I say I'm not conventionally successful, but basically I'm a fucking loser, <laughs> but I have a life filled with passion and I'm like, well, yeah. if I could get some successful people to start to do some shit that they're passionate about, eh, maybe that's a contribution. Yeah, you know you're like I mean? spiritually successful. Spiritually successful. I fucking like to put that on my tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> He was spiritually successful. <laughs> yeah. Um, never owned a home, but I mean, really, he did a lot of cool hobbies. <laughs> yeah, he had a great time. <laughs> Shit, man. Um, speaking of great time, speaking of uh, uh, closing out. So uh, something I ask all my guests before we uh, before we wrap up an episode. So you've uh, let's say I were to quit this podcast tomorrow, right? I'd always have it available to listen to. Uh, mm. So I'd like to think that whatever we say here, we are, we're speaking something into infinity. So uh, I would like if you could, you know, whether it's a piece of advice, uh, something that you've, a, a piece of wisdom you've gained from the tw- 20, whatever, 28 years, 29 years that you've been on this earth. Um, if you could just speak something into infinity, something, to, something for us to close out on a little, little bit to remember old Alex. I would just say, you know, do something, do something at the end of the day that's strictly for your own happiness without trying to make money. Because like the problem is with making money is you're not doing it for you. You're doing it so you can either, you know, buy something stupid that you don't need or fucking pay rent on probably some house that's overpriced that you shouldn't have fucking bought to begin with or like a car payment on some car that you got to look cool in front of people. But like at the end of the day, you should definitely have something that you do that you don't get anything from other than self-enjoyment. And I think that's like really the most essential thing is having some kind of creative outlet that it might not really do much for you successful wise, but like at the end of the day, it at the very least, it clears your mind and helps you discover something about yourself. Self-discovery, I think, is really important. Beautiful. I love it. So I want people to be able to find your work and I want, you know to fill up your book if you, you know, get some appointments going for you. Cause I love your work. Thanks, and man. I think, uh, I, th- I think you can, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't have to say what it is in the pod, but like, you know, maybe, maybe cut some people some breaks if they said they came from the podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, so you talked about that after, but yeah. So where do people find your work, uh, your paintings, your Instagram, plug it all. So yeah, you could, you could find Where's me your tattoo on shop, Instagram at Alex Imaginist. A-L-E-X-I-M-A-G-I-N-I-S-T. And the tattoo shop is Sacred Art Tattoo in Seymour. It's in Hot Tamales Plaza, 39 New Haven Road. 
And uh, yeah, a bunch of great artists. Not even just me, but there's tons of great artists. All there. right, but Everyone ask for Alex. Awesome. Ask for Alex. Guys. But definitely try to come to me. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. And uh, as always, guys, you could follow me on Twitter at Stefabro, on Instagram at Stefabro93 for direct podcast related stuff, of course. Good um, at Good Enough Podcast. Uh, at Stefabro on at Stefabro ninety three on TikTok. I'm plugging TikTok again. It looks like Trump's not banning it, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to that. But uh, and yeah, you feel good about it? Yeah, was that good enough? Yes, it was. Fucking <laughs> fucking was good enough. Nice shit, man. All right, and as always, everybody, drink more water and be nicer to drink each other. Drink all the water and be nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I told you I'd get a good interview out of you, fucker. Nice. <laughs>